My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. An Erio's original... Welcome to Webcrawler's mini-episodes. We are pushing these out Monday through Friday because we love you and we love ourselves. And also we love money. Today's episode is, I can't even remember how we found it, but we did and we thought it was cool. I think you texted it to the group and you're like, this is crazy. And I'm like, this is crazy. Oh, I do remember how I found it. That's funny that I'm the one who found it and I don't remember how, but I do. It was a BuzzFeed Unsolved episode. Oh, oh yeah. They have a lot of good stuff. They do have a lot of good stuff. So this is the Stuart Gardner art heist. I will start it off and then Melissa, you can take it over. In the early hours of March 18th, 1990, two thieves walked into Boston's Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum disguised as police officers. They bound and gagged two guards, then stole 13 pieces of art by artists like Rembrandt, Vermeer, Degas, and Manet. They were inside for 81 minutes. The total value of the stolen artworks is worth an estimated $500 million. Damn. How amazing would it be to win the lottery? There's, it's a, it's cursed. Oh, because someone always dies, like close or something, or the lottery winner. I mean, dies. I don't, but have you ever read about lottery curses? No, but don't even talk about it anymore. We should do a mini episode. Oh, <gasps> that's a great idea. I love reading about crazy shit that, there, yeah, we got it. That's great. <laughs> okay. 
I just entered two contests. I entered two contests, one to win a Porsche and one to win $100,000. What are these <laughs> contests? Where? No. I used, I used to go, I used to go, and by used to, I mean like I like last year, there's a sweepstakes website and I would, and it just gives you all the sweepstakes that are active and I just go one by one. Do you now get a thousand emails every day? <laughs> I had a burner email account just for my sweepstakes. <laughs> That was like me the other day. <laughs> I never won my free trip. I've that's how I how bored I've been in quarantine. I've just started entering contests. I really feel like in my gut <laughs> though I'm gonna win. Okay. Do you, I play do you play us play the lottery? Yeah, you you've won. You've won uh you've won money in Vegas before, haven't you? Well the the playing slots, but playing the lottery, like the Mega Millions, you know? How much have you won in the Mega Millions? Not maybe like three dollars. But I always play if it's oh. over four hundred million dollars because I don't fuck with anything under four hundred million. But if it's over four hundred million, <laughs> I will buy a ticket. Yeah, I mean, as you should. Okay, so uh, it's been thirty years and still no one has solved this case. It's been ten it's years been. since you looked at me, talked your head to the eyes, and said I'm sorry. Five days since living you, this is all my fault. I shouldn't tell you. Given me, but it'll still be two days. I'm sorry. No, but I'm gonna help me, and then I'm happy, and then I look at like. The museum is a 15th century century Venetian palace built almost 100 years earlier to house philanthropist Isabella Stewart Gardner's private art collection. Here is what happened. Um, on the evening of March 18th, 1990, 1990 is like recently ago. Well, I guess that's like 20 years ago, right? <laughs> Whatever your definition of recent is. <laughs> no, Allie, that's not 20 years ago. 30? 30 recent years ago. could be, you could say the 90s are recent, but you can't say like recently I woke up from a nap. I mean, you can't say recently I in 1990 years ago okay got it um so two men sat in a red dodge daytona hatchback near a side entrance to the isabella stewart gardner museum according to several people walking on the street that night after midnight as saint patrick's day festivities were coming to an end oh and boston's like crazy for saint patrick's mm-hmm. day uh the two men wearing police badges rang the museum's buzzer They told the security guards that they were there to investigate a disturbance on the grounds. Rick Abath, the 23-year-old night watchman, saw them on the video monitor and buzzed them in at 1.24 a.m. He said they had hats, badges, they looked like cops, and I let them in. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) He, I mean, like I would have. He was asked if there was any other security. He told them another guard was on duty and called him to come down. After they had both security guards in one room, one of the thieves said, gentlemen, this is a robbery. That's cool. That is, that's so sick. (laughs) (laughs) The FBI later provided descriptions of the two men with and without mustaches. Okay. The first I think they were wearing fake mustaches. They were? That's so silly. (laughs) They just did that for fun. The first suspect was a white male with dark hair and eyes of medium build who wore wire rim glasses. The The second suspect was a larger white male with dark hair and eyes in his early 30s. The thieves duct taped both guards' eyes Taped uh. Abath's chin to the other guard's head. Oh my god! And handcuffed him to the electrical box. 
The only other security that impeded the thieves was an alarm that rang when they went too close to a painting, but they smashed it. Mm -hmm. Over 81 minutes, the thieves took 13 works, including paintings by Vermeer, Degas, Monet, and two by Rembrandt that had to be cut out of the frame, Ugh. obviously, they meaning they would never be the same after if they were recovered. Wow. So the police didn't arrive until 8.15 a.m. So later in the day, curator Karen Haas and director Anne Holly held a news conference. They told reporters that the stolen works were worth more than $200 million. Jeez. So the mystery began from the very choices that the thieves made. They left more valuable paintings, like one called The Rape of Europa. Yeah. And took a small sketch from Rembrandt. So the New York Times suggested that the fact that they cut the art from the frames meant they weren't aware of how valuable the art was. Yeah. So the museum was not insured for the theft. What? Yeah, even though the museum offered a million-dollar reward, it barely got any leads over the next few years. Weird. So there were many suspects, from the security guards that were working there to the local mob members to mafia boss uh, Whitey Bulger, as Mm. well as the Irish Republican Army. So over the next 23 years, more than a dozen Boston underworld figures were questioned. The first promising lead didn't appear until 1994, after hundreds of tips and one failed FBI mission to Japan in 1992. Hawley received an anonymous letter written from New York. It said the paintings could be returned for $2.6 million and full immunity for both the thieves and the people keeping the paintings. The letter said they were in archival conditions, but a decision needed to be made soon. The urgency was because the paintings were in a country where a person who didn't know they had been stolen could claim legal ownership. So the writer requested that the number one be put into the Boston Globe's currency box if the museum wanted the deal to go ahead. So Hawley took the letter to the FBI and then to the Boston Globe, and management at the newspaper agreed to help and ran a number one in the middle of the value of the Italian lira. So Holly received a second letter that raised concerns about the FBI. After that, she never heard from the letter writer again. So that was probably like a hoax. Yeah, weird. And then in 1997, the museum increased the reward to $5 million. Then in August, an antique dealer, William P. Youngworth, said he could get 11 of the 13 artworks back. He made the announcement standing outside a Boston court where he was about to face firearm possession and substance charges. So that garnered media attention. And in September, this guy appeared on Nightline. And he said that he could probably facilitate the work being returned. He also clarified that he hadn't stolen them since he was in prison at the time. So assuming that he said he knew who stole it. Yeah. So he dismissed the questions on Nightline about whether it could be a scam. He said, what would be the point of staging an elaborate hoax like this? You think they're just going to hand over the money without getting the art? Here's your suitcase. Come back when you can with the stuff. I don't think so. But in exchange for the paintings, Youngworth wanted the $5 million reward, immunity from prosecution, and for art thief Miles J. Connor to be released from prison three years early. So Connor was in prison at the time of the theft, but authorities had suspected his involvement since he had previously scoped out the museum. And Connor had also helped Boston's Museum of Fine Arts recover a different stolen Rembrandt painting. So this guy was like 
he was about to go to court for like possession and charge and was like, hey, I can get these paintings for you. Of course he would say that just to get out of like his sentencing. Yeah, weird. I don't trust him. Uh, the week after his first press conference, Youngworth took a reporter from the Boston Herald named Tom Mashberg to a warehouse and showed him what looked like Rembrandt's storm on the Sea of Galilee. So this journalist, uh, Mashberg, he wrote about the experience in Vanity Fair. He described the moment he saw the painting, whether it was a replica or not. He said, gingerly, he extracted a large rolled up canvas, which he unfurled before me. It was, I'm certain, Rembrandt's The Storm on the Sea of Galilee. I think it's Galilee, no? Maria? Galilee! It's Galilee. And then it's Galileo. Galileo, Galilee. Arguably the most famous missing painting in the world. That's the one where they're on the, on the boat and it's all the people and there's a flag. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> uh, arguably the most famous. Blah, blah. I saw freight edges where the painting had been cut from its frame on the night it was stolen, and I was shown in the flashlight's beam Rembrandt's signature. Whoa. He also said that he knew Youngworth was the person who often looked after goods that had been stolen by this art thief guy, Connor. But by late September, Youngworth told the New York Times, the feds don't want it to happen. He said they don't want to have an ex-con be the one to find the paintings. Mm. And at that point, the FBI and the museum's goals were different. The museum wanted the art back, while the FBI just wanted to make an arrest. So this guy, Youngworth, ended up going to prison, and they just, like, blew him off. We're like, no, we don't believe you. Weird. I can't think of anything yeah. more stressful to steal than art. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, not easy. The next notable lead was in 1999, when a man named David Turner was arrested with others by the FBI on the way to a robbery. The group was armed with six guns and a hand grenade. The FBI suspected Turner was involved in the heist and offered to lower his sentence if he provided information. He refused and went to jail until 2019, which is one year ago. Damn, he's out. In 2010, investigators monitored a used car salesman named Robert Gentile. Uh, they were interested in Gentile. Gentile? Gen Gen Gentile? Gen Gentile? G. Robert G. They were interested in G <laughs> after the wife of one of his peers told authorities she had seen her husband handing over two stolen paintings outside a hotel in Portland, Maine a decade earlier. In 2012, mm. the FBI searched G's house and seized <laughs> five guns, ammunition, and silencers. He was arrested and offered a chance to skip jail time if he provided information about the 1990 heist, but he said he didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. In 2011, Whitey Bulger was arrested but didn't give any info. In 2013, exactly 23 years after the robbery the FBI made an announcement designed to get people's attention. The Bureau said it knew the identities of the thieves and that they were dead, but the names hmm. weren't released. They said that 10 years earlier, they thought they had to trace the paintings to Connecticut and Philadelphia, but had been unable to take it any further. FBI special agent in charge, Rich Richard Deslauriers, said the investigation <laughs> was nearing its final chapter. 
According to the New York Times, the FBI was going to put billboards up about the paintings, as well as updating its website to show the jarring image of the art going up where the faces of the FBI's most wanted usually were. I mean, that feels Hmm. dramatic. That's very dramatic. I mean, for me, this really screams like the mob. Yeah, the mafia or the mob. And it's probably currently like overseas in some rich person's private collection. Like some chic in Dubai probably has them in his basement. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think I think that this is like a mob thing. And I don't think they're ever going to find those those paintings ever. But how dare you cut a painting out of a frame? What are you thinking? Also, like, what a shame. Like, art art is to be shared with everyone. Like, that's so, like, steal money. Like, go to the bank and steal money. Like, fuck. And if you have a stolen painting, <laughs> how do you make money off of it? Is it, like, underground on the black market? Yeah, I think you black market sell stuff. I mean, I guess. Just someone really who know. wants it, I guess? Because you can't sell it. You can't auction it off. It's stolen. Right. What do you do with it? I have no idea. Let's Google it. What do you do with a stolen paint? Oh, great. I'm probably going to go on some sort of watch list for this. (laughs) Like, do you just (laughs) hang it in your house? Like, but you can't show anyone. What's the point of it? Here is why art thieves steal paintings they can't sell by NBC. I mean, I have tons of stolen art in my garage, but like, I can't show anyone. (laughs) Here's why art thieves steal paintings they can't sell. Yeah, the NBC News article. The true art in art theft is not the stealing, it's in the selling. But when somebody steals a world-famous painting, they quickly discover it's too famous to fence, and they're stuck with something they can't sell. Yeah. Criminals are usually better thieves than they are businessmen. Art thievery is a short-sighted crime. Thieves are certain they're going to make loads of money, then it hits the press and they realize it's just going to get them in trouble. My best guess is that they're just being held by someone who can't figure out how to monetize them. Oh. Oh, I guess you could get rewards. That's a good business opportunity. A good business opportunity is to go to people that with stolen art and and help them figure out a way to make money from it. I guess, but I think the point is that no one no one wants it. They they should be they then what they should do is a good way to do that is to Go to people who have stolen art and be like, hey, let's get let's get the um, reward for returning it and just try to figure out an alibi to establish your innocence. Yeah. Make up a story about how you got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be a good story, though. Like I I got it at a garage sale. Suddenly it was crazy and, and it turned out it was stolen. Yeah. Oh, that's a good people. That's a good alibi. Yeah, have you ever seen Antiques Roadshow? Like sometimes you'll oh, be watching it. Oh, I've seen it. it. Yeah, and they're like, this is a $2 million painting and I bought it for five cents. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, if uh, if you If guys, you've stolen an artwork, yeah, a famous if artwork. you've ever stolen a Vermeer <laughs> or a Van Gogh, Melissa, where can people reach us? You can send us a picture of your stolen art to webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Twitter and Instagram in the DMs. Don't let anyone know. Why don't, if any of our listeners are good at art, or even if any of them are really bad at art, email some fan art our way. Ooh, yes. And we'll we'll uh, post it on our Instagrams and yes. our Twitters. Yes, we would love to see any fan art that you guys have. We would cherish, we would really cherish it. We actually, we bought some fan art from 
Scott, I believe his name is, and we're going to put it on shirts. Yeah. Yeah. So we've actually been known, we've been, he is super talented. We've been known to actually purchase fan art to make. We've been known. We've been known (laughs) around town to purchase fan art. So, um, anyways, uh, don't steal art, just make art. Wait for it to be purchased. Make art, not war. Make art, not war. I'm Allie Siegel. I'm Melissa Vermeer. And I'm Maria Van Gogh. Ooh, that's a good one. Fuck, I didn't make one. Bye! (laughs) Bye! My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.